0: Welcome back to In The Know and to week three of school. Well, almost week three. Kind of week two. We had a couple of days off last week. What, what did you do with your snow days? Or cold days, rather.
1: Haha. Uh-huh. I just slept and avoided homework under my blankets.
0: Ouch. I know I did the same thing. I had all this extra time to catch up on my homework, procrastinated it, and then Sunday night rolled around and I was like,
1: No. Extra time is an extra nap.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to In the Know, where extra time is an extra nap. That's our slogan. Okie doke, let's jump into the headlines for this week.
1: The university's proposed pronoun policy will no longer include punishments for those who violate it, according to the latest draft. The policy's previous form listed consequences for those who did not refer to a person by their preferred identity, sparking concerns over free speech. University officials say the focus of the policy should be to educate rather than discipline.
0: The Minneapolis Police Department has adopted a medical amnesty policy which prevents officers from citing those who report sexual assault with underage drinking. Meanwhile, University of Minnesota police have had this policy for a year. The Minnesota Student Association is heading efforts to pass a bill that would extend this type of medical amnesty to all Minnesotans at the state legislature.
1: A Minneapolis traffic accident study found that some places near campus were at high risk for crashes. According to the research, University Ave Southeast accounts for 25% of all fatal and severe bicycle crashes in the city. Other risky areas included 4th and 5th Street Southeast.
0: And lastly, sensors the size of a grain of salt may help cancer patients more safely take medication at home. Researchers at the University of Minnesota Medical School are working to create the tiny device, which would allow doctors to monitor their patients' dosage and ensure they're taking the prescribed amount of medicine.
1: And
2: those are headlines for the week. Let's see, the first time I heard about it, I was with my girlfriends and we were kind of joking about the whole sugar daddy, sugar baby thing. So we decided to go online and we didn't really know any websites, so we just kind of searched it on Google. And the first one that popped up was Seeking Arrangements. So Seeking Arrangement is this online companionship service is what they market it as. It's kind of like a dating app, but what happens is, is it usually pairs wealthy older men and women with younger people. So we went on it and we started looking at everything and we were kind of like laughing at some stuff and just kind of fooling around on it. and Instead of just going on a date and hooking up like Tinder, they'll exchange like companionship, often sex, intimacy for money and gifts. Then once all of them went home, I was like, hmm, I wonder what it would be like if I made a profile. Bella is a former sugar baby and University of Minnesota student.
1: To protect her identity, we are not using Bella's real name.
2: Yeah, so this summer I went online and Seeking Arrangement has this whole web campaign that's marketed to college students.
1: That's Natalie Rodemacher, environment reporter for The Daily. And they market Seeking
2: Arrangement as a way to mitigate student debt to help support yourself while you're in school because you're too busy learning to work enough to be able to pay for everything. And so um, what they do is they release stats every year of all the colleges and how many students are enrolled at each college. And in 2018, there were 542 University of Minnesota students registered on Seeking Arrangement.
0: Sitting in her well-decorated apartment, Bella told us about her first date with the sugar daddy.
2: Um, so when I first met him, we, just, we exchanged numbers first, and we talked for about a week or two. Um, and then we finally decided to meet in person. So we met at a coffee shop, and he was exactly the person that he had sent me the photos of. Um, and we had a great conversation. He bought me food, and he bought me a few drinks, and it was great. Did he buy you any other things or give you an allowance? Yeah, he did buy me a few things. He bought me some makeup. Um, He bought me a like $300 gift card to Sephora. And there was one point like right before we had stopped talking where he was going to fly both of us down like to Florida and have like a go on like one of his yachts. He like showed me a video of him on his yacht and like a picture of his yacht with all like the workers. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> um, so that was like insane. But of course, it never ended up happening. And I was a little skeptical about going with someone I barely knew on a trip. So
1: did he give you an allowance other than like buying you things?
2: Yeah. Um, he gave me like 900 to $1,000 every few weeks, um, which was great. Um, It was great. And he talked about if we did go like more deeper into the sugar daddy sugar baby relationship that it could um, he could raise the allowance.
1: And seeking arrangement seems to really market itself as a way to combat like rising tuition. Did you see it as a way to help pay for tuition at all?
2: Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. My parents are partially helping me with my tuition for school and I know that it's definitely taken a toll on them and their bank accounts. And I always felt really guilty that um, they're helping me so much. Um, So going into the seeking arrangements thing, it definitely was like to help with a lot of my like daily life stuff in school, like gas and rent and groceries, tuition, like all of that. It wasn't just to say like, oh, I just want to like a designer bag from like a sugar daddy. It was more like, oh, this is to help me live.
3: So my name is Sarah Polowin, and I'm currently a policy advisor at the Senate of Canada.
1: Sarah researched sugar babies for her graduate thesis. One thing that she found is Bella's financial motivation is not uncommon.
3: Yes, absolutely. So I think that... One of the main findings um, that I discovered through my research was that money is, in fact, the primary motivator for sugar babies to engage in a sugar dating relationship. Um, So absolutely, the rising cost of tuition, the increase of precarious work, um, cuts to bursaries or grants, um, and just the heavy costs of being a student, um, as I mentioned, tuition and otherwise, are all considerations for why students are seeking the informal economy as an alternative ways to make money.
1: This is where Sugar Baby University comes in. The web campaign started by Seeking Arrangements specifically targets university students, marketing sugar dating as relief for mounting debt and tuition costs. A student debt clock ticks at the top of the website beneath a faux university insignia, incentivizes university students to sign up for Seeking Arrangement by granting them profiles with benefits that usually cost more for free. Sugar Baby University has definitely
3: shifted towards a more uh, normative, mainstream representation, uh, which, in my personal opinion, I think is to circumvent uh, the social stigma and also potential legal implications.
0: The legal implications of sugar dating are inescapable, not only for companies like Seeking Arrangements, but also for the sugar babies themselves. Bella told us that the question of whether or not you're a prostitute is one that all sugar babies have to wrestle with.
2: Um, Going onto the site, I did have a moral dilemma um, with myself being like, oh, well, am I like a prostitute, like signing up for this website? Like, am I like demoralizing myself? Like, I don't know. I felt like a little bit of a moral dilemma with that. um, And I feel like every girl that's kind of been on that site has at least once felt like that. How did you resolve that? Or did you resolve that? Yeah, I kind of just said, whatever, Um, if people are going to judge me for this, then whatever, it's my life, not theirs, and I'm not hurting anybody. Um, And I just kind of looked into myself, I said, is this really hurting myself? Or is this helping me? And I in the end, I kind of said that this is helping me, it's not really hurting me.
0: As for whether sugar dating is technically prostitution, we spoke with a woman named Cindy Simino over the phone. Cindy's a former federal and state assistant public defender and currently works as an attorney at the Mitchell and West law firm in Miami, Florida.
4: Generally, I would say that would be the, the general idea of what, you know, prostitution is, is when, um, you know, two people get together and the one person is offering, um, you know, certain services in exchange for money. Yeah. And so, so what if you get into a
0: situation like as similar to what these students are entering into where you're not, you're not explicitly getting paid to say, like, you know, give me a blowjob and I'll give you $50, but it's like, go on a dinner date with me and come to the movies with me, and then there might be some sex acts involved, and then if you want a new purse that costs $600, I'll buy that for you. Is there a case to be made that that's prostitution?
4: I mean, it's certainly much more gray. It's obviously not as direct as some of those, you know, those other back page or some of those other, um, you know, more prostitution-oriented sites. Um, you know, I think that, I mean, you could, the argument could be made that it was just, you know, a gift for a thankful dinner date or, you know, for someone that you went through the ballgame with or something. Um, you know, I think that, you know, they're both adults and, you know, consenting to this behavior and that the specific purpose may not be exactly overtly monetary or some other type of, you know, gift. Mm-hmm. So did, arguably could say oh, this is not.
0: So say you have like a college freshman mm-hmm. who doesn't want to, who doesn't have time in her schedule for a job and here's about like this opportunity to just have a sugar daddy. And, she comes to you and asks you if that's illegal, what would you tell her?
4: Mm. <laughs> I mean, you know, I think it's treading on a line that, you know, I mean, like I said earlier on, I mean, the case could be made, that you know, it could be, you know, seen as prostitution. I think that, um, and she got to be very, very careful.
0: Bella was an active sugar baby for about four months. She said she didn't keep it a secret. She told her friends, often sharing her location with them while on dates, And she even told her parents.
2: Well, I told my mom about it because my mom and I are super close, um, like ridiculously close. So when I told her one day that I was going on like a date, quote unquote date, she was like, oh, who are you going on a date with? So I felt bad lying to her. So I told her like, oh, it's kind of a sugar daddy thing. And my mom was a little surprised, but she said, hey, as long as you're safe and Um, you know that he's not a serial killer, then go for it. So (laughs) yeah, pretty unusual circumstances with like a mom-daughter relationship. Uh, My dad knew nothing about it. Um, I recently like told him about it and he was kind of upset, but he was just like, whatever, as long as you're not doing it anymore. And I'm not doing it anymore.
0: The only person she hasn't told is her ex-boyfriend, who she recently started
2: dating again.
1: Do you plan to talk to your boyfriend about, about it?
2: Yeah, definitely in the future, especially with all of this like, interview stuff going on with a lot of the sugar daddy, sugar baby stuff, um, because I have really nothing to hide from him. I didn't do anything... "Quote unquote bad" or that would affect our relationship drastically. So, yeah, no, I do pl- end up uh, planning on telling him because I used to joke about it when we were in a relationship together. That like, oh, what if I got like a sugar daddy to like support both of us? And he was definitely not down for that. Like, he laughed about it, but he was definitely not down for it. But yeah, definitely in the future, I'll tell him.
0: If someone came to you at the university and said, "Hey, I'm thinking about getting involved on seeking arrangements." do you think that's something I should do? What would you tell them?
2: Um, I would say yes, but I would definitely tell them to be like cautious. Like there are people that are on the website that just want to scam you out of your money and get your bank account information. Um, There's people on there that want to harm you. It's sad to say, but people will go on that website to basically get you into sex trafficking. Um, I've heard some horror stories from the website about that so definitely going into it I was like very cautious like I didn't know a lot about it but I was very cautious um there's also like the dangers with the website is you're meeting a random person that you're putting a lot of vulnerability into when you go and meet them at just a random location and like you don't know really anything about them they could be lying completely about who they are how much money they make like what their life is like like so you just have to be super careful there is a lot of dangers with the website like it's not all sunshine and rainbows
0: if bella gave us a small window into the life of sugar babies sarah the canadian researcher from earlier painted a bigger picture
3: um so i think that sugar dating embodies something that is um completely new but also has existed since the beginning of time um all at the same time um, so money and sex or intimacy and gifts have all been involved in and exchanged in a variety of contexts in traditional relationships. So the idea is that with sugar dating, these things are exchanged more explicitly. But although, as I discussed through my research, it's not, in, in theory, the premise of an arrangement is that you're able to exchange th- these things explicitly with the purpose of having a mutually beneficial relationship. But in practice, it actually mirrors more of a traditional relationship in the sense that you have to dance around this exchange and use vague, heavily embedded language to do so. Um, But I think that it doesn't, it's just a new form, it's a new form of this being exchanged. So I think that it's considered contentious because it's not Necessary, like pure love, if that exists, is not um, necessarily a part of the equation in sugar dating, um, which is why people kind of panic. But uh, yeah, I think it's just a new way of thinking of love, romance, sex, and money, which everyone <laughs> loves.
0: In the Know is produced by me, Luke Diamond, and reported by my co-host, Tiffany Bui. Our intro music is by J.D. Duggan. You can listen to In the Know on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That's all for this week. Thanks for listening.